Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Social Media Today, brought to you by Social Cycle. We talk about all things social media, news, tips, tricks, and hacks to help you get the full advantage of social media. I'm your host, Mohit. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Social Media Today. Today we have a very, very special episode. Um, we have a guest who is actually a coworker of mine. Colin, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, how's it going, everyone? My name is Colin Tovar. I'm the co-founder with Mohit of Social Cycle. I'm also the chief marketing officer for Social Cycle. Um, and Colin, how? Explain a little bit more about your background. The audience is very curious to to get to know your background slightly more. Yeah. So uh, my background is mainly in network marketing. Um, you know, I tried a couple of businesses throughout high school, but I really found my niche when it came to network marketing and growing a social media following. And so I really used um, more so attraction marketing to grow a following, find people within a niche of travel and adventure. It was a travel and adventure network marketing company. So I really built a community, was able to outreach to people, um, throughout uh, to who were interested in, in travel and adventure that were interested in, in expanding their lives, not just financially, but also, you know, um, out of their comfort zones as far as getting out there and adventuring with friends and community. And so um, it was really cool to bring that from a social media as- aspect to, you know, something that I think social media had this stigma of being like this, you know, um, place where you couldn't really connect to people one-on-one. And so it was really cool to, to bring that influencing aspect where I wasn't this image showing the highlights. I really connected with my community in the DMs and really was able to expand my network marketing downline that way. Gotcha. I mean, just like looking at your Instagram right now, I mean, you've grown your following to, I mean, dare I say you're, you're quite an influencer. I believe last time I checked, you had like 30 or 31,000 followers. Um, I'm very curious about how you grew your Instagram that way, if you don't mind sharing with the audience. Yeah. So mainly it was follow and follow. Um, there was a lot of softwares back then. It made it really easy on Instagram to um, go and follow a certain amount of people who were similar accounts to mine. So, you know, like Sam Colder, um, George Jenko, uh, a lot of the vloggers back then, anyone just really sharing their, their lifestyle, being a lifestyle blogger. Um, I really was just targeting their followings of the people who were liking and commenting the most on their posts. And I would just read the people that were following back and I would trash the sources that were getting me, you know, like a 5% follow back ratio and really keeping the ones that were getting me a 20% plus follow back ratio. And that's really, really where I started to see the community grow from there. Gotcha. Um, I'm, I'm curious about like a lot has changed for the Instagram algorithm right now. I mean, what are some like noticeable differences that you see back in like 2019, 2018? versus now? Yeah. So it was a lot easier back then to do this whole follow on follow thing, you know, with the bots that were available back then. And, um, you know, so what's changed since then is there's this thing that kind of developed over the time called shadow banning. Mm -hmm. And when you go in and use a bot to have your account go follow and follow, although they were genuine connections and I was building a genuine community, Instagram didn't like that so much. So my engagement went way down. Um, My influencer partnerships weren't as profitable. And so I think that was a big motivation to start social cycle from a very safe standpoint um, and be not a, not an automation tool, but that, that was really been like back then it was beneficial to learn how to grow an audience that way. And just, you know, reach out to people and have them, you know, reach back out and just work with the best ones, you know, who's, who's hot and who's not. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I find that some of the same principles of like, you find who, uh, who is like commenting and liking and engaging with like your dream 100 as Russell Brunson calls it, or like your ICP that those principles still apply to today's world. Is, is this something that you find in your network marketing, um, uh, adventures like now or. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, back then when I was, when I was in network marketing, it's a very like base level standpoint, you know, it was, it was really quick. I, I grew my following within six months to 30 K. So it was, it was a lot of learning, but, um, it really, it really came down to just obviously just putting in the work, right. It takes hours mm-hmm. every single week to, um, reach out to your target audience. And obviously it's fun to follow and follow, but to, to build those connections further and to DM people and have conversations with them and find people's needs and just personalize it along the way was something that um, I found really valuable in network marketing. Cause obviously I was able to get on a call with them, you know, similar to like this, just a screen share call with my upline. And eventually when I built my own team, they would do the same way. They would build their own social media followings and use it as an attraction source to say, look at all these fun adventures I'm going on. Right. And people would DM them. And they would DM other people and they'd be like, how do you do this? How are you living this lifestyle? You know? Um, so it was a really cool way to, to use Instagram as like the highlight reel, right? Everybody kind of uses Instagram as this highlight reel. It was cool to use that to our advantage to say, Hey, you can have this too. You know, we gave them, we were working with another Instagram growth company back then. And that's why we started our own agency because there's so many people that were asking like, Hey, how do we grow our followings, you know, to be able to do this for ourselves. So yeah, it was it was it was really cool to be able to help other people connect with their audiences too. Do you, do, I mean, so like now, I I sort of started to shift my mentality of like the whole like follower like back in the day, back in like 2017, 2018, If someone had a million um, followers on Instagram, I would have thought that they were a huge celebrity. And I mean, now that that rationale has changed, like now I think that hey, I don't know how many of them are bought our bots or, or not. Um, do you think that follower count still has a, a place in today's society or has that sort of become like a vanity metric now? I think back then it definitely was a vanity metric, like growing, growing my following. Like I'm, I'm just going to be transparent. Like I definitely bought probably 5,000 to 7,000 followers. So out of my 30,000, I probably have 22,000. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, you know, the more followers you have, especially back then, it was easier to fake. I mean, I I've gotten reached out to you by movement watches, G shock. And the biggest one I had was Coors light, um, where these companies really, yes, the followers were a vanity metric, but they saw more so like the comments that I was getting. And I showed them my analytics and things like that, like what reach I was getting and not only the reach that I was getting, but who were these people? Like how well was I connected to my audience? The hashtags that I used, like, were they relevant with the people that were actually, engaging with those hashtags. And so, you know, one thing, one big thing that I learned from Coors Light is when, when they, you know, reached out to me and, and I went on this trip and I, you know, climbed the mountain on their packaging and stuff. It was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they really, they didn't pay me for that. I didn't, I, right. That, they paid for the trip. They paid for the flight, they paid for my hotel and they paid for the whole experience, but it, they, all they wanted to do was build the connection with the influencer. That's what they were saying. They say, we, they said like, we wanted to build this, you know, you, we wanted to put you into our CRM so we could work with you longer term. And I thought that was really cool. They were putting that upfront investment, you know, into, into their influencers. So they, they were definitely looking at how well connected to the community you were, you know, their, their brand was all about travel and adventure, climb your mountain, right? Whatever, however big your mountain is, climb on. 
like that's Coors Light's branding, right? Yeah. So it's like the yeah. fact that I was this traveling adventure person, that's that's really what they what they wanted is the quality of the audience. I I definitely think that I mean Coors Light, Red Bull, uh, they have huge influencer campaigns. And like frankly, I think that those are some of like the like the all-stars in the in the industry. Um I'm curious, like, I mean, since you've worked with many different brands as an influencer, if you're a brand today, like what's some advice that you can give to a brand when they're looking to start like influencer uh, marketing? I'd say really um, to recruit well, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of platforms that have like closed tight knit communities, which are really expensive. Um, You know, like Anheuser-Busch is one of the clients that of our CEO, Chaz, it's his, it's his cousin that runs this company called Hashoff and they work with Anheuser-Busch. Um, they have a private community of influencers. So similar how SalesNav works and it has like filters yeah. and everything, you know, for, for these people, it had filters for influencers. You could see what, you know, community they're in, how many followers they have. And, you know, you can set it by different filters. These will cost you, you know, 10 grand plus per year. It's like getting, you know, Zoom info licenses and things like that. So if I, if I were a smaller company who was looking to, you know, take advantage of influencer marketing, like a small e-commerce company that wants to pay maybe $300 for an influencer, um, just really finding those people that are your product, like you're going to have to test different ones, obviously. So don't expect your first $300 you're going to spend, you're going to get an ROI on it. But I would definitely suggest those people to be very intentional about the pe- people they're reaching out to and do some AB split tests, right? So see mm-hmm. how well, influencer a converted versus influencer b and just work with influencer b more if they brought in 20 percent more sales i'm i'm curious so like when um when not when anheuser-busch when uh Coors light was recruiting you like what sort of validation did they do to make sure that you were actually getting the numbers that you were claiming yeah so mostly they had me just send screenshots of the back end of my influencer account um of like my influencer business analytics and so, you know, that was just them emailing back and forth. They didn't DM me or anything, you know, but um, yeah, they were just like, hey, like, what, it, what is your audience? All we can see is how many comments you have, but they obviously, before they go and spend all this money, you know, they want to make sure yeah, that you're course. an actual, you know, credible influencer and stuff. So um, yeah, I just sent screenshots and that's how they really like verified the quality of it. Interesting. Um, and then when, if, if, a brand is like looking for finding like their like dream 100 um influencers like where would they find that i mean if if you were starting a i mean i i guess we are starting a, a brand now but like if you were to launch an influencer campaign for social cycle what platform would you go on and, and why yeah um i would say linkedin is probably the best source you know instagram was really cool for the influencer marketing partnerships but now that i've kind of made this transition to be more of a professional rather than an influencer, you know, I think there's another, there's another side where you can really connect uh, more transparently with people like people, you know, like Instagram is cool for highlights, but LinkedIn shows your past credibility and you can see, you know, all your past companies that you worked with, what type of the first, second and third degree connections you have, you know, so like if they wanted to go further down to your network, they can see that right from up front. So that's, that's what I like about social media outreach. You know, there's, there's different ways to do outreach. If you're looking for your dream 100, you know, there's cold email, there's cold calling, you know, there's, 
um, so many different ways, like even advertising, right? That's a cold way to get people into your funnel. I just think that the highest quality is showing the most amount of transparency, which you can't do through email. They're not going to see much about you through email, especially a cold call, right? And so I think LinkedIn is the absolute best place to show your credentials and transparency, but also be able to connect valuably. I also think that there's something like on, on Twitter. I mean, I'm, I'm a fairly big user of Twitter, um, but there's a lot of like anonymous, like cartoon characters that have as avatars and stuff like that, where it's, it's cool because you're able to see like their thoughts, but they're, they're also anonymous, which makes it a little bit more unfiltered. I mean, my only criticism of LinkedIn is that it feels sort of fake and it sometimes it feels like an echo chamber, but in terms of outreach, I think that it's a great place to meet people. What are your thoughts on that? No, hundred percent. Yeah. I think Twitter's I I'm, I'm super active on Twitter, mostly in like the blockchain community, but there's also a, another niche called money Twitter where a lot of people are talking <laughs> about outreach and everything. And it's, they're calling it like MT, right? Like money Twitter. It's this whole, it's this whole thing. And so I, I see what you mean though. There's a lot of people who don't put their real identities on there. So it's a really cool way to get the raw value where you can do threads in there. Right. And that's, I think, I think it's cool watching social media grow over the years. You know, you have Instagram, it's been like the product recommendation source. And then you have LinkedIn, which is like the business professional and job recruiting source. Then you have Twitter, which is really where all the value sits right now. I mean, I, I definitely think that like Twitter is be, is criminally underrated. I mean, even Facebook 100%. too, like Facebook still has its its place in society a lot of people think that facebook is for boomers but frankly it's it's a goldmine if you know how to use it well like um do you do you ever use facebook groups for anything like business related yeah that's actually before i got started on instagram and started growing my following there i was using facebook groups because that's that's a really cool niche right like instagram is cool for hashtags and all of that but that's not as good as a Facebook group. You know, you're going to have people engaging with, you know, hashtag travel and adventure, right? That's a pretty niche hashtag, but I don't think people are as engaged there. Like people use hashtags, but if you're looking to genuinely connect with somebody, I don't think you can connect with them by going to a hashtag, right? It's going to be, it's going to be more quality if you choose a Facebook group where there's already people posting and interacting with each other. It's just, it's more of a family aspect on, on Facebook, which is, you know, I, I see that as a much higher quality source. Yeah, I mean, Facebook group, like I've seen a lot, of, like uh, Jarvis, um, the, it's an AI, like uh, it's a content, like artificial intelligence uh, SaaS company, but they basically have a very engaged group. I mean, um, Russell Brunson's ClickFunnels, his group is very, very engaged. And I mean, they... Like the biggest thing for selling online is trust, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think that people are able to be authentic when it comes to uh, social media, like Facebook groups are able to like go there as like a trusted source, especially if they know that like selling is against like the terms of service of that particular group. Totally. Totally. No, I, I totally agree with that. I think the barrier is a little bit broken with with Facebook, if that makes sense. Like with LinkedIn, there's a lot of people trying to, you know, hit other people up, right? Mm -hmm. Same with Instagram, same with Connect Twitter. Pitch, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. Connect and pitch. It's all been overdone there. Where Facebook, I don't think it has that as much. You know, there's not as many bots that are connected to Facebook. I mean, there's like mini chat for inbound, but there's not, 
there's not as much outbound prospecting. It's very family and friends focused. And so I think that Facebook is a super high quality source for connecting genuinely, 100%. Oh, yeah. And like, I mean, just the connections that you're able to make. I mean, just because if you know that no one really has like a certain agenda, then your, your, uh, your walls are basically not as high. And I think that it makes the most out of the, the experience. No, hundred percent. No, I, I agree. I think that, you know, I, I love, that's what I love most about Facebook is that it, it doesn't have some of the things that the other platforms have, you know, you're always trying to make money on, on other platforms. I don't think about really making money on Facebook. I think about changing lives on Facebook. I think about reaching out to somebody and getting to know them and getting to know their deepest needs you know, we're on LinkedIn. It's just like, Hey, I help businesses just like you. I help do, X do X. Y, Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the same copy and paste message. I, I, I was talking to this other guy last week. Um, give him a shout out Carlos at Metaphase marketing. He's, he's super knowledgeable. He's used meat, Alfred duck soup. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's big on Facebook ads. Right. So he's kind of been around the block as far as like automation, outbound prospecting and all that stuff. Um, and when he was using meet Alfred, he said that the, you know, the syntax fields, when you put the name in, he said he didn't like the automation aspect because it would say, Hey, you know, Richard DDR, because they'd have that in their name. Cause they identify themselves as the DDR, but you're not going to reach out to somebody and be like, say, Hey, hey Richard like, DDR. Yeah. I mean, what, syntax, what I, mess it up. syntax does mess up too. And like, um, with, with LinkedIn, from what I've seen, like, I mean, duck soup, like. All, like meet Alfred, all these like LinkedIn automation tools. I don't think it necessarily works as well as like people think it does or like as well as it used to because LinkedIn is spending a lot of money on like anti, um, anti-automation plus they're restricting you to like only connecting with like 20 or 25 people per day. So I definitely think that automation is slowly going in the way of the dodo and authenticity is becoming the the new frontier, if, if you will. Yeah. And I think that that's our biggest message. If I could just spend a second on, on the you know passion part of why Chaz and I really, why this whole crew came together. I mean, I know you saw it too with the, with the, you know, automation and everything is that not only for my own account, right? Like I was early in the game. I got lucky to, to ride the wave and I, I'll admit that. Right. But it's like, when it comes to where my brand is at now, do I use Instagram the way I used to? Mm-mm. Not at all. I mean, I use it as an asset, as an inbound asset, but I'm not posting on there regularly because it's just not worth it anymore. You know, I, I get 1% engagement for having, you know, three, 30,000 followers. You know, it's like the, the shadow ban is real, you know, and it's, it's really hard to get your account health back up. And so, you know, we, we definitely see this from, from a standpoint of where we've used these bot softwares. We've used these automation softwares like Meet Jarvis. Or, hey, you know, I guess not as much Hey Jarvis like the AI bot, but uh, Meet Alfred, right? And, and Duck Soup. And we're, we're trying to offer the opposite of that. You know, we don't want to, we're trying to like scale the unscalable with that. Like everybody wants a bot. Everybody wants the easy way out, but it does more harm than good. And so I think that that's, that's our biggest passion with this is how can we do it safely? Because we know that LinkedIn as their, as their mission statement, if you go and look at LinkedIn's mission statement, it's to connect one-on-one with people genuinely. They, they want what every other social platform wants. And bots are kind of the epitome of the opposite of that, right? You're not going to connect with people genuinely if you have a bot. You're just not. It's going to be easier. But I, I think the easy way out is something that people are starting to realize now with books like Take the Stairs and everything that 
the harder way is the only way to get actual real results. And we just make the harder way easier. Well, I mean, like I, I think as well to add on to that, to do the things that are unscalable at first, like you can have automation, but it, just, it feels like kind of insincere, if you will, like, percent. I mean, like tools like outreach, I, I love outreach. It helps me a lot with my work and it helps me scale, but it's like, if I have the same canned email, like it, it just doesn't do the same thing. I mean, it needs to be tailored to where like someone, I know someone's done their research on me because automation may have worked in like 2016, 2017, maybe even 2019. But like nowadays it's like, I, I know for a fact that like, Hey, like I see that you're, an AE at X company, um, here are the problems that you have. Our company helps do X, Y, and Z. That's generally a, a pretty generic template, but it that works yeah. versus saying, hey, like I work, I, I help X do Y. Here's what you should use me. And they just vomit all over me. And it turns me off. It's very yeah. inauthentic. Yeah, because it's all, everybody's like me, 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 you know? And I think mm-hmm. the, the humility aspect that comes to, you know, with, uh, outreach and just learning about how you can solve their problem. Like you said, personalization, you know, there's a reason why these industries, if you look at like the big players like Gartner, right. And like data nice, like these people who are taking social listening and all these different data points and kind of showing the trough, you know, the trough of disillusionment and the peak of excitement of certain industries and where they're at in their adoption cycle. You know, it's like personalization and conversational marketing are still at the trough, like the excitement part. Right. So they still have a ways to go when it comes to traffic disillusionment because people are realizing now that, you know, I think we're early at realizing this, that automation just doesn't work. Everybody wants it and the automation is going towards ads and everything, right? And with automations coming with artificial intelligence and things like mini chat and, you know, these conditional logic bots where you just put your frequently asked questions in there and it'll automatically answer them. I think that's great for inbound. I don't think that's going anywhere. I think inbound marketing is, is going to be a really good place to have automated customer service requests to keep you from spending mm-hmm. on labor. But yeah, when it comes, when it comes to outbound, I think it definitely needs to be personalized. It's, it's interesting to see like the, the, like the variations in machine learning and how far it's gotten. I had some guy on Reddit hit me up saying, Hey, like I can help you create customized first lines just based on your, on your LinkedIn. And I was like, interesting. And I mean, it, it would use a common, like a couple of common variables, like, hey, I love your experience at X and Y company, curious about, and then based on the job titles, I'm guessing that they have like a, like a word bank or like a question bank. But I mean, it's very interesting to see all of this like outreach being done algorithmically. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. I think, I think that is interesting when people say that I can, I can personalize a certain offer just based on looking at your profile. I mean, obviously, I, I think there definitely needs to be a little bit more um, as like the higher quality, the higher quality result is going to be based on how high quality your questions are, you know, yeah, like exactly. how, how are you, you going to get to like know the person and, and all that stuff. I mean, that, that determines how high quality the, the connection is going to be long-term like chat, you know, Chaz always says, I'm going to, I'm going to steal it from him, but he says, don't be transactional, be relational. You know, so many people get stuck in this transactional. And I think now that subscription softwares are coming out and these agencies are having these retainers, they re- I mean, if you have a $10,000 per month retainer client and that person drops off and you only have five of those, oh, it's going to mess up your business. 
And, and so, yeah, if you don't have that relation, like that deep relation with that client, if you're not doing an actual good job for them and trying to understand their needs and you're just being transactional, like you're, you're, it, it, I'm being completely honest. That's how Chaz and I ran our last business. We were super transactional. We weren't as much into the relationship. And so, you know, it, we, we've learned our lesson with that. And so I, I think that's, again, our motivation and our learning from our own mistakes to say like, this is how you do it the right way. We've done a lot of research into personalization. So we definitely believe in that concept. Um, what are a few, a few, like, I'm not going to say dirty hacks, but like for personalization, what's like some like low hanging fruit that you constantly see that's like effective at scale? Yeah. Um, I think probably like the, I, the quality of your target source, I think is the biggest. Right. Um, and I think that's why sales nav right now is kind of the, the God of it's yeah, golden standard. Things, yeah. Yeah. And then you, you come out to like seamless.ia. I mean, obviously you're going to pay for these tools. Right. But that, I, I think that um, the the amount of like our search engine is is a very good base level for somebody that's looking to get those filters without just trying to use the LinkedIn search bar. Right. Like you can still have certain keywords where you're just looking for people who identify themselves as social selling or social media coach. Um, and as long as you can put those people into a cadence of engagement, like like follow on day one you know, like on day three, similar to if you're thinking about like an email drip sequence, right? you have the inbound drip where as soon as they sign up, you immediately send a welcome email. And then on the next day, you send them a call to action. And then the next day you send them a blog. You're just keeping them engaged, right? So we yeah. flipped the inbound email drip sequence to the outbound, you know, um, kind of personalized interaction, right? So you, 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 as long as you're getting in front of them, that rule of seven, which I, that was created a while ago. It's probably like rule of 30. Now you need to get in front of them a certain amount of times. We just, that, that's, we just make that easier. Right. So that's what I would suggest for the first person. Um, that's like one, just little hack is, is definitely consistent outbound engagement. I mean, like nowadays too, like you, your outreach has to be, I mean, I want to harp on this. Like it's, it's been outreach has to be genuine. It like the days of just saying, Hey, I like your profile. Like, like I would love to, connect or like hey your network and my network have a lot of synergies i would love to see if we can work together like that's it's kind of a low it's kind of a cheap um a cheap trick if you will yeah and i i think there's i think there's definitely deeper ways to personalize it i'm i you know i've been researching more i've been buying lots of twitter courses right from all these of people course. who do cold cold email and, you know, because seeing how they approach cold email kind of helps, like they, they're getting 30% opens with email, which is like unheard of, right? I mean, usually it's really average good. Is like 10%. Well, so what I will comment about, about email and open rates is that open rates don't matter. It's all about response, positive response rates, but yeah. No, hundred percent. No, hundred percent. I, I, I agree. Um, I think that the way you get better response rates is how well your message is, is, you know, done. So it's like open rates are subject headline, but what do you put in the message to get them to respond? You, know, you can write a great subject, but you, you need, you need meat on the bones. And so I think like actually doing your research, you know, it's like, you can just type any keyword and find some certain person, but you need to actually spend the time with them and say like, okay, this person just posted about a certain reward that they had at a certain, you know, at a certain event that they got or a certificate or something like that. I mean, that's one example, but just look at their posts, look at the people commenting, look at how they respond to the people that they're commenting to. You know, look at the people that are tagged in their posts, like actually get to know them exactly. I cut, like, this is going to be a terrible example, but, you know, bear with me here. If you're going to go stalk a girlfriend, like or a girl, a girl that you're looking to, to, you know, court, 
right? Yeah. You're going to, you're going to be a little bit more invested because you want to get to know, you genuinely want to get to know her. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's just, I, I think flipping that same concept that it's like, I genuinely want to get to know, like customers aren't stupid. Right. Like, I think that that's like the, the stigma in, in sales right now is that like, I'm going to sell this person. Right. Like, like, you know, look at me. Like, you know, I, I think that's just the, the con- like commission breath, right. You smell commission yeah. breath on salespeople because exactly. they, they want to make a sale. And so they don't want to actually get to know your problems. They just, they see dollar signs and like, oh my gosh, this person is the, is the third person out of 10 that responded to me. I'm going to try to work with my law of averages and my ratios. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's like, I think, I think that takes out of the personalization aspect because it's all about how can I take them through the process that's, that's, that's worked for me. Right. Like if I say this and then this, like we help companies just like you, um, you know, uh, give them your proposal or whatever, you know, it's like, I, I'm not, I, I'm not an SDR and a, like, I don't know how the process really works past that point from like a high level standpoint, but you know, there, there's, there's a certain point where they smell the commission breath. So I, I think, you know, identifying the needs and spending more time on that rather than the actual sales pitch of it is really where, where the deeper um, sales will come in the long term. So it's, it's funny because like uh, you, you've heard of Gong, but Gong does a lot of like sales intelligence studies and um, Gong, uh, Sales Loft, Outreach, a lot of their like sales influencers post really good content. But they basically yeah. said that like in the beginning of their outreach, um, the, the, the outreach or the call to action that they've had a lot of success with and they've seen reps have success with it is are you interested in having a conversation about whatever topic it is? And then as you get down into sales process, then uh, you would want like, Hey, are you free at Tuesday at like 2 PM or whatever? But I mean, like at first, like saying like, Hey, would this even be relevant to you? Or like, Hey, are you even the right person? Um, It creates a back and forth dialogue. And ultimately like you want the prospect to be like, you know what? Hey, this sounds interesting. Let's book a meeting. Yeah, hundred percent. You're you're peaking the interest and in, in getting those small yeses, right? You're getting those small exactly. yeses along the way. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and and like you have to have like for you to get into something, for you to have someone commit to something big, you need to get a couple first, like some small yeses before you can get them to agree to something big. Like if you're you're not going to ask them to marry them on their first date, you have to be like hundred percent. Hey, would you be interested? Hey, would you like to go for a date? Hey, uh, I had a really good time. Would you want to see me again? Something yeah. like that. Consistent buy-in. No, hundred percent. Yeah. You, they say the best relationships in the long term are the, are the ones that start off as friends. You know, it's, it's like, you know, and there's, there's a reason. It's warm for leads, warm leads. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it, you know, if, if we're getting real transparent here, if I can, you know, I, I always, I, I think transparency is the epitome of connection and, and true value. Um, and I don't mind being vulnerable. Right. So the, the last relationship I was in, that's how it started. And I got to learn from that firsthand. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I had this influencer lifestyle and I was this, I was this person. Right. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't start a friendship with this person. We both had this idea of each other, of who we're going to be for each other, but somewhere along the way that fell apart. Right. And I think that that, I think everything is one, everything goes down to vibrations and frequency. If we can go pretty deep here. Right. I think that that same concept of how we started our connection, like the very essence of that connection, because it was, it was a lot of image-based that that can happen in sales. There's a lot of image base of how can you help me and how can, how can I help you, you know, and, and the, the transfer of, of value there. And so I, I just think that, you know, there's, there's a, there's something to be applied there where, 
you need to be friends with them first because that'll build a way better connection long-term. Otherwise it'll, it'll slowly far, fall apart along the way. And I think, I truly think that that's where lifetime clients come from. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like, it's truly understanding and like empathizing with like their problems. Like for mine, like I understand what the frequent struggles are. And I mean, that could be something that you usually point out in your initial messages too. Cause like, if like, for example, if you're a coach and you're saying, Hey, like, how are you connecting with people? Are you using a tool or is it pretty manual? Then that's usually like a good, like being like, Hey, you actually did your research as opposed to like, Hey, I saw you're a coach. Are you looking for more leads? No one cares. Like that's it's spam. Yeah. No, hundred percent. So if you're, if you're asking them a question, I think that's, that's another thing that we've realized in our DM campaigns when we were doing it for people like a gym, right? Like a gym owner, even like a fitness trainer, right. To be more of the coaches. Mm -hmm. So for a fitness trainer, we basically uh, sent, it was, it was an auto DM, right? So it's just an auto DM is the same message yeah. every time. But the, the point was, is that we asked a question, we asked them for their value right? Would you rather take protein before your workout or after your workout? That one simple message got at least 50% response rates. And so we were able to have these conversations with people that are like, Oh, I take mine before. Oh, I take mine after you got to take it after bro. Like, okay, why? And you just ask them why, and they're actually telling you why they're qualified three wise, for product. It takes three whys to get to the underlying, uh, question or to get, to get to the underlying pain. Um, okay. we yeah. are running to, time but where can people find you on the internet and what are some lessons that you want to impart on them yeah i'm on uh instagrams uh twitter and linkedin so just type in my name colin tober you should find me my first uh, name has two l's last name is tob as in victor ar um yeah dm me reach out to me i'm always open my dm box inbox is always open so ask me any questions um but yeah we'll be continuing to release podcasts like these i'd I'd much rather have you learn from the company because we're dumping all of our all of our backend knowledge into here rather than you follow me individually. I think we're collaboratively kind of creating this mastermind together with this podcast, which is super awesome. You interview a lot of great people. So I'd say this is the ultimate resource for sure for people to come back to. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Colin. It's been a pleasure having you on. Awesome. Take care, Mohit. Thank you for listening. Uh, this is Mohit. I'm signing off. Please rate us five out of five stars on wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, whatever it is. Thank you, and I hope that you have a great day. Please sign up for the beta at socialcycle.io.